Welcome to the Picture Book Look podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together, we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Every manuscript needs revision, but do you know how to step back and critically assess what you need to do to revise? Do you know what questions to ask? Katie Davis has a free checklist for you called Five Important Questions to Ask When Critiquing Your Own Manuscript. Katie is the former director of the Institute of Children's Literature, co-founder of Picture Book Summit, founder of the Writer's Block, and author, illustrator, or editor of 16 books. Katie has critiqued hundreds of manuscripts, so get your copy of Five Important Questions to Ask When Critiquing Your Own Manuscript free at katiedavis.com slash five questions. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L dot com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirsty. Hey, Kim. So I grew up in a family of huggers and I'm a hugger, so I've always felt comfortable with that, but I've come to realize that not everyone is. Would you say you're a hugger? Definitely, but not all of my kids are huggers. Today's book mm. is perfect for huggers and non-huggers alike. Rissy No Kissies by Katie Howes, illustrated by Jess Engel, is the story of a lovebird who doesn't like kissies. I love how the illustrations add whimsy to a powerful and challenging topic. I really love that too. I also love how this book is so helpful and informative for kids and adults to understand that everyone shows affection differently, and that's okay. We're excited to chat with Katie, Jess, and editor Shayna Olmanson about the creative process behind this book. Let's chat. Katie, can you tell us about the inspiration for this story? Oh, I'd love to. Thanks for asking. So I have three kids and each of them shows affection in different ways. One of them really doesn't like to be touched very much. And that's my oldest. And so sometimes when they were little, it was really difficult for me to understand necessarily. And I had some feelings of like, am I doing something wrong? Is it my fault? Am I making her feel bad? So as a parent, I knew that sometimes when kids show their affection differently, it takes some learning. It takes some understanding that that's perfectly normal and that we all have that to build that and to share that and to be able to make your child and yourself comfortable with that. And so I had always really wanted to find ways to communicate that and to share that with other parents. Just over time, the story kept building in my head, the idea that we really needed a character who could show kids, but also the people in their lives, the grandmas who want the hug and the kiss when they haven't seen them in a year, the teacher who loves a good squeeze, but some kids don't, or who wants to hold hands crossing the street and some kids don't. Just to understand that that's not about 
the feelings. That's about the person's autonomy, the person's boundaries. So I really wanted to write something that could share that for everyone. Well, I love that you wrote it because you did it in such a delightful way. It's so whimsical and fun. And I think this is a really important book for parents and kids. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Absolutely. Gina, what was it about this story that made you want to acquire it? So I remember very distinctly, Katie was in the office for Be a Maker, and we ended up having some time alone in my office, and we were talking, and I was just asking her what she was working on, and she brought up Rissy, and instantly I felt a connection, and I was like, this is such an important book, not just for adults who are struggling, but for kids who, you know, have friends who maybe don't want them to be as close as they would prefer, teaching kids how to navigate that in a safe and appropriate way that, you know, allows everyone their own form of expression is really important. And so the minute she brought it up, I was like, please send that. Absolutely. And Jess, your illustrations bring Rissy to life. They're adorable. Sheena, how did you come across Jess and what was your illustrator selection process like? Our illustrator selection is really a group effort, you know, we have conversations about what type of feel the book might have and style. We look at comp titles and then we all come together to discuss. And at that meeting, you know, there's a list of illustrators that we look at and we all give our opinions and anyone can bring, you know, someone to be considered at this meeting. And so I had brought Jess because I had seen some of her work on Instagram and then had gone through to her YouTube page and had brought her to the meeting. And, you know, our art director, designer, everyone was on board. We all loved her. Hooray! Super (laughs) cute, watercolor. So Jess, what made you say yes to working on this project? My first reaction, I think, was more of a superficial one. So I don't have kids. I mean, I, I definitely move through the world with, like, a child's, like, mindset, as you can probably see from a lot of my illustrations. Um, But my first reaction was really around like lovebirds themselves as creatures. And I've always felt a connection to lovebird because I grew up for the most part in the tropics and there were lovebirds around. And so they were my first little muses. And I actually have all of these (laughs) illustrations that I did in this like really realistic watercolor style. And I would give them to people So I would draw these Fisher's lovebirds and I hadn't done it since I was like eight. And so it kind of took me back to this whole, I can't believe that I'm being approached with this. That's crazy. And then I dug into the story and the feeling of the story. I realized, oh, I am Rizzy because I also like very specifically didn't like kisses. And my brother was a big kiss guy, like a huge affectionate guy. And, um, I was always like, well, I like hugs, you know? And so there was always this boundary, but I think when I was growing up, perhaps there wasn't the amount of sort of language around emotional intelligence as there is now. Mm -hmm. So I definitely never got any of this messaging. So it interestingly kind of made me realize things about myself through through reading the book. 
Yeah. I love that. Picture books are powerful (laughs) no matter the age. There are so many bibliotherapeutic books that I have used as a therapist with adults to evoke discussion. So I love how this can be used with all ages also. So Katie, what was it like writing this story? Was Rissy always a lovebird? That's a good question. I actually had to dig through stuff to see where I started because sometimes when I start a project, it doesn't start with a specific character or a specific format. It's just me throwing a lot of ideas and a lot of words. I make a lot of word banks of words that I associate with the feelings of the story. And then I kind of go from there. With this though, my daughter will not be thrilled that I'm telling you this. She will. She approved it. Um, Her name is Marissa, (laughs) my littlest, and she does not like kisses. And so I always call her Rissy. And I have from time to time been like, Rissy, no kisses. Like, and so it was a phrase I was already comfortable with when I started writing. And she didn't necessarily like that I was using her name. So we tried changing it a couple of times. She and I together, we'd talk about what if we made her Missy or if we made her Sissy, but she thought those were much worse. So she gave me approval <laughs> to use Rissy, her nickname. And almost everything I write in the past has been human characters. But the more I dug into the feelings kids would have if they related to Rissy in this book, the more I thought it's a little scary to see another kid feeling rejected, feeling pushed away. And with the depth of emotion you could be feeling in this story, we need to balance that with something that's comforting and warm and cute that gives them, I guess, just that balance um, between the scary emotions and the good emotions, especially because I want them to come back to the book again and again and to find it to be a place of comfort. So I did start thinking about what kind of animal characters would sort of obviously be a character that shows love in a certain way. Like, you know, we think about bear hugs. So could it be a bear? But lovebirds just seemed so intuitive because kids can picture immediately birds giving kisses and Rissy and Kissy rhyme and it's fabulous. <laughs> so the bird part kind of worked its way in there just because I felt like it would be adorable and that would make it a little easier. It would put some distance between the kid and the character as they read it, but they could still relate. And because there was sort of that obvious link to lovebirds and kisses. And then I really wanted to work in like a refrain, because I feel like when there's a refrain in a book, kids really connect to that. And it gives them a certain level of comfort as well, which ended up turning the whole thing into a big rhyming story. (laughs) And sometimes it's hard not to rhyme for me. And I do try to write things in prose so that I know that the story, the heart of the story, the plot of the story is there and the rhyme's not steering the whole show. But for this one, I felt like the rhyme and the refrain really brought a level of that comfort and cuteness that balance out the deep emotional parts of it. So that's kind of my long-winded answer to your question. (laughs) Brilliant answer. I feel like we just had a masterclass right there about how to write emotional stories for kids that are balanced and make them want to come back to reading more. That was was amazing. So Shana, what was the editing process like for this story? Working with Katie is great. I had the... (laughs) privilege of working with her on Be a Maker. So I kind of knew going in how we work together. And I know that she is also an amazing reviser. My first read was very much technical. And then beyond that, I was thinking about what does Rissy need to tell us? And what are the ways that um, 
this story can be relatable to the most number of people. And so there was a specific scene that I suggested cutting and I gave Katie a whole bunch of options and she blew it out of the water. I'm always just so impressed by her ability to take my suggestions and my notes and come back around and turn them into the same verse where it feels like it's been there since the beginning. As I was going through, I was just trying to think of what are the situations Rissy should be in that will feel the most familiar to the reader? And are there any other situations that we should bring up that, you know, would help the story and help reach more people and give more people that connection that, you know, Katie was already feeling and I was already feeling. That's awesome. That's a great collaboration for sure. Jess, can you tell us how you came up with Rissy? She's adorable. It is um, very nice to hear um, everyone else's thoughts about what was important about that book, because interestingly, um, I hit upon the same thing. It was really key for Rizzy. Um, so the first step of the process, and I think the most important, was this um, character development and this like emotion development, I would say. And I think the most important thing is there are really deep and difficult emotions in this story. For most of the story, Rizzy is distressed and not feeling supported. However, she is always supported, right? And so it was really important, I think, throughout the story to get that distress that a child might be feeling, but to like surround it with a hug of like warmth and support from everyone else that perhaps she wasn't seeing like in the same way that perhaps other people weren't seeing the way that she was trying to show love. So like the viewer can see read after read that it's all there. So after we all agreed upon character, um, we went into a phase of uh, rough sketches, which essentially captures the layout like page after page and makes sure that the world is cohesive and unique enough, you know, from classroom to the home to the outdoor scene, makes sure that you can tell that everyone's a family and tell um, but they're all unique and that then the classroom birds are also not part of the family, but they're still love birds, like stuff that you don't usually <laughs> Different little about. challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like strangely complicated things um, <laughs> in simple picture books. And um, then finally, we go into the final sketches once all of the layouts are approved. So those are full color. And then there will be another round of edits um, just to tighten everything up probably similar to the word editing process and um, and you have the book. Yeah, it really is a beautiful, beautiful book. We have one last question for everyone and we're going to start with you, Jess. When someone reads Rissy No Kissies, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope that they feel seen. Yeah, that's so important. All right, Shana, we'll go to you next. I hope that it challenges people's idea of what it means to show love and so that, you know, they can feel seen, but they can also see others in the book. What about you, Katie? When someone reads Rissino Kissies, what do you hope they feel or learn? I think 
The big word for me with this one is agency. I want the kids to feel that they get to make their own choice about their body, about their love, about what they share. A big thank you to Katie, Jess, and Shana for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Rissy No Kissy. Check out the show notes to learn more about Katie and Jess and their other fabulous books. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And we would love it if you would leave us a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.